I am so excited because my guest today, Jeremy Suarez, played the mischievous, nerdy Jordan on all 104 episodes of the amazing Fox comedy, The Bernie Mac Show. What? And in addition, he also starred alongside Joaquin Phoenix in Disney's Brother Bear as the lovable cub Coda. So you know we might talk about some Joker. And we also just had a very hearty meal at 420 Restaurant. So let's get right to it. Come on, America. It's Jeremy Suarez on breakfast. It's good to be here. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. And I am stuffed. So let's get to it. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> my uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. I guess we'll start with the Bernie Mac show because that was such a transcendent show for me and for a lot of people and, yeah. and groundbreaking in many ways. Uh, how old were you when you got this show? Ooh, when we first started, I was nine years old, almost ten, but I was playing seven, so I always played um, three years younger than I actually was. Okay. Okay, which is kind of a common thing yeah. Uh, yeah. to do. Yeah, And it's cool because there's, like, way less pressure. Like, if you're pl- a nine-year-old playing seven, it's like, oh, I can just be a seven-year-old. Like, that's right. easy as a nine-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> what was the, uh, what was the, do you remember what the audition process was like for that? Yeah, um, because compared to a lot of auditions, there was um, several more than there usually are. Um, generally you have like two to three auditions. I think this one was like four or five. And we had, um, I think the last two were on the same day. So it was literally like um, maybe ten of us left at one place, let's say at noon. And then if you did good, like at five o'clock, you got to go to the other place where you're like, oh, it's just me and you. Um, It was just me and another kid, actually. And that kid was actually on the show later on in the first season. Um, he played one of my friends on it, so it was between me or him. Interesting. Yeah, I was I was kind of curious if there was, like, some other kids that at that time, all of a sudden, later on, you're like, oh, uh, he was one of the three or four kids that yeah. were going after Bernie Mac. Yeah. I mean, growing up at that time, um, as, like, a young kid, black actor, like, we all knew each other, man. There was, like, 25 of us, so we'd see each other at auditions, and it was never, like, a... Um, it was never like an ugly rivalry between each other because it was like, it's either me or you this time. Like, we're still going to be here. So um, a lot of guys who are still in the industry now, I mean, they started just the same way, you know, seeing each other on auditions. I think that's a really important thing for, like, people that in the audience that are that are actors or want to be actors yeah. is the thing that, you sure, you could have this rivalry towards people if you want to, but essentially you're all going to be good when you get to that level mm-hmm. and you want – to be able to, I'm friends with a lot of the guys that I go out with yeah, for, for parts definitely. for now. There's no reason because sometimes the part's just not quite right for you, and mm-hmm. it's going to be the opposite some other times. So exactly, and these exactly. are also people that you might collaborate with. You yeah. know, they might, you might, they might come up with another project. Where, hey, I want someone to play my cousin or my brother or something. Yeah. So there's no reason to have like an, 
uh, adversarial. I know there's the 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 kind of the caveman mentality yeah. that we have. Sometimes like ah, I have to win every time, yeah. but that's that not crab how it in works. The barrel kind of type kind of thing. Exactly. So that's I think that's really important what you said. I mean, honestly, like um, I mean, it's very different. Like I think music is more adversarial. I think there's only like a certain amount of radio spots, you know, to kind of fill in. But in the acting world, you know, like I can be um, successful in this genre. You can be successful in that genre. We could go out for some of the same things, but we each have our own niche and our own kind of flavor that we bring to it. So, so Jeremy, one of the things I remember from the Bernie Mac show is there was some kind of things that we hadn't seen before in a lot of ways. Breaking yeah. the fourth wall, Bernie would yeah. always talk to the audience. Mm-hmm. He would say directly, okay, America, hello, America, instead of us just seeing them as a, a character within the show. Yeah. Uh, sometimes he would go directly from talking to America and hear mm-hmm. something in the house and go, we follow him up to where you guys are. Uh, also, a lot more, there weren't a lot of single camera comedies at that exactly. time. There's a lot of three yeah. cameras, mm-hmm. which means there's no live studio audience. Yeah. I think that there's, um, I mean, they took a whole bunch of risks um, to make the show. We didn't know if... Um, they had seen, like, the Chirons, I think it was first used on Real World at the time. Because when you have a normal conversation... And that's when you're putting, like, words up on the screen correct, to describe correct. what you're saying. Yeah, because, like, and you're having a normal conversation. When you get on the phone, you're not always going to say, Oh, hi, Jan, from the office I was just at. You know, how are you today? You're going to be like, oh, hey, what's up? And then it can point to the camera and say, oh, this is Jan from the office earlier. Um, and a really of, way, a smart way to avoid like exposition, where exactly. you guys are talking normally, and then we had these things added on on yeah, the screen. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was a cool way to like add in some of the fun stuff that was going on in like reality TV at the time, and then just put an interesting spin on like the black comedy, really. Yeah. Any similarities between uh, Jordan and yourself, the character Jordan? Did Definitely. they maybe uh, make the character more like you? How do you think that went? Well, uh, yeah, I think um, there's like a symbiosis that goes on. I think if um, if I was different, eventually Jordan would be different. And because you spend so much time on set um, around all of your cast members and your crew members that they can pick up on the things that, you know, uh, personality traits that you have and they can integrate them into the character because it has... All acting has to be slightly true. You have to have some truth in it. Sure. So, especially for kids, it's definitely easier to say, "Hey, you like magic tricks? Let's let's make your character like magic tricks, or you're into skateboarding, or whatever it is." Yeah. What's the biggest thing you think you took away from that whole experience? Um, what I took away from it, honestly, was um, what it takes to actually, you know, be a a career actor in this business. Man, we worked. We had the the great opportunity to work for six seasons, um, so 104 episodes of just time on set, seeing how it goes, because um, it, it's a different pace than I think any other business, especially as a child. Like you are, you're not only at work, but you also have to do school. So as a child actor, you're working, um, you're always doing something, and that kind of back and forth and back and forth is great training. Now back then. Your day would be, how would your day go as far as you're on set, then you're, mm-hmm. how many hours were you allowed to do of each? Because it may be slightly different now. Yeah. Um, as a kid actor, I believe you can, uh, at the age I was, I think it's like seven and a half to eight hours on set you can do. 
and I, it goes up as you get older. I think it peaks out at like nine hours. And does that count the school time also? No, school time doesn't count. So what you can do, though, is um, you'll in between scenes, you're, you're taking uh, school breaks. They have to be 20 minutes long, though, or they don't count. But the, the benefit of um, working on a show like that was because we were there almost every day, we could bank hours. So let's say this day I only have three scenes. Okay, so today I can do maybe five hours of school. So then on a day when it's super heavy, I only have to do an hour. I think the minimum you can do in a day is an hour. Did you find that difficult to be on set acting, then go straight into the classroom, and then have to go straight back to set? Um, I mean, it... I you know, think, because as adults, we yeah. don't have to do that. No. We, if we ha- are not in the next scene, we're just having a break and preparing for the yeah. next scene. We're not like, oh, now you have to do an hour of trigonometry. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that's it's great training. Like, now when I go on set as an adult, I'm just like, oh, I don't have to go to school. There's a nice little break. I can actually, like, think about my lines more. And it it, it gives you good work ethic, honestly. Yeah. Do you uh, – you had – Two siblings on the show. Yes. Do you still keep in touch with them? I'm Man, curious about that. We're still siblings. Like, um, you know, they say blood is thicker than water um, because, I mean, your family, you, even if you don't get always get along, even if you guys bicker or whatever, like you still have this blood connection. And for us, I guess it's like a residual connection. It's like we still have residuals that come from the same place. So no matter if we get along or if we don't all the time, like we're still family, you know? That's great. Mm-hmm. After the show was finished in 2006, what was your next move? And and was it tough coming off such a successful show and to not be thought of just as the character Jordan from the Bernie Mac show? Did you deal with any of those things? Yeah. I mean, for a while after um, Bernie Mac show, there was a time period where I felt like I was only getting sent out on like that exact same role. And because we had played Jordan for so long, at that point, I mean... Some of the stuff that I was going out for that was similar to Jordan, I almost felt like we had done it better already as Jordan. But I think it's a I think it's an honor to be typecast. I think I'm not like other actors who who feel like um, oh they they hate the idea of being typecast or only seen as one thing. I I take it as a compliment from the audience saying you did such a good job um, in that role. When we think of that type of character, we think of you. So. To well, occupy any space in their mind is is an honor. Absolutely agree with you. And also there's that famous saying in Hollywood, which is, you know, part of being typecast is being cast. You can't get yeah. typecast unless you're getting yeah. cast. So yeah. if you're getting typecast, that means you've already had plenty of jobs, mm-hmm. which is a great problem to have yeah. in our industry. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can, you can go from being typecast to playing a completely different role and showing off a different side of yourself much easier than you can go from being unknown to playing the exact role that you want to play. So, I mean, everybody starts out somewhere, so roll with the punches. Enjoy it. Right. Well, Bernie Mac, the great comedian, the the namesake of the show itself, yeah. passed away back in 2008. It's mm-hmm. been about 11 years now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was your relationship like with him? Is uh, What are some of the things that maybe you learned from him? Man, Bernie was the coolest, like... Um, he was one of the greatest mentors I've had in my life. I mean, he was such a hard worker, such a real down-to-earth guy. Um, and I think that was the culture he created on the set. Like, we never 
uh, none of our our cast members today are stuck up or have gotten to that you know big headed Hollywood thing, because Bernie, he loved to talk about the fact that he started out as a trash truck driver, just doing comedy like in the subway in Chicago and working on his bits, you know, while he's driving, you know, trying to pro- provide for his family, and so he could appreciate where he was at. And so that gave us a lot of uh, a lot of food for thought on that whole subject, you know? Yeah. I think one of the things that we as actors strive to do is have an impact of more than just like right now. Yeah. And so the fact that Bernie's been gone for a while and people still are kind of hungry for information about mm-hmm. Bernie and people still watch the show, I believe at least parts of it are available on Netflix mm-hmm. right now. I mean, that's kind of what you want to do is leave some kind of legacy, right, where people are yeah. still talking about you when you're – You've been gone for a while. I yeah. think that's a, the greatest tribute you can have. I mean, Bernie Bernie passed away at a time right before, like, the Internet had kind of given us the opportunity to be um, with our favorite celebs every single moment of every single day. So Bernie still had that um, that mystique of having a, a celebrity status that you didn't have to, you know, you couldn't go on Instagram and be like, what's Bernie Mac doing right now? Um, so, yeah, there's always going to be a whole bunch of questions. And that's it, – it's – it's good because anybody who has questions, they can now go and see some of his older comedy bits. Like, honestly, to this day, there are still comedy bits that came out when I was too young to even look at them. And now the Internet has given me the opportunity to see some of this stuff. And, I mean, he's phenomenal, man. Like, his stuff holds up so well. Sure. You go back to, like, kings of the kings of comedy, right, mm-hmm. which was him and— yeah. Nobody wanted to follow Bernie Mac. I right. Mean, he was just going to blow up the room and— he was like that from the moment he would step on set to the time he would leave, and it was amazing to see, man. I've never seen anybody as consistently funny as Bernie. Right. No. I just went back, since I knew we were going to be doing this today, and went back and watched a couple episodes just yeah. to refresh myself. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, this stuff would just still kill today. Mm-hmm. It's evergreen, all the things you talk about. And yeah. It was so real, and Bernie was playing not a – he was kind of playing himself, right? He was even yeah. playing that he was a, a – Famous comedian, mm-hmm. Bernie Mac. So that's, uh, you know, if you guys haven't seen the show, you should go back and check it out. It's definitely. something that's, if you're, if, especially if you want to be a comedian, mm-hmm. definitely some great stuff in there. Bernie's timing, Bernie took a lot of inspiration. He loved like Three Stooges and Slapstick and, um, I don't know, his combination of really smart, witty humor, um, unapologetic kind of boldness. Bernie would say whatever came to his mind. And the faces and the you know the body acting that Bernie could do, man, it's it's like a it's a comedy class um, that's really high level. That's really interesting that you say he was like heavily influenced by the Three Stooges because yeah. you know a lot of people when they think of the Three Stooges, and I love the Three Stooges. Yeah. My wife, not so much. She's just yeah. not into it. Oh. Uh, but the thing I think about, or a lot of people think about, is just like the heavy physical comedy. Yeah. But what they don't think about, and I'm sure what Bernie was influenced by, was like their comedic timing was meticulous and perfect. Yes. I mean, when you're doing stuff like that, your timing has to be perfect. The the synchronicity of the whole group um, and working all the little silly bits into their own space where they can be funny but not go, oh, this is just dumb and, you know, can't follow it. Um, it's, It's great, man. I mean, I look back on some of the stuff that Bernie did and I know, like, from behind the scenes, I go, oh, I know that joke he was making that day that kind of inspired that's, that bit on that's really cool. the show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Well, thanks uh, so much for talking about the Bernie Mac show. I know that's yeah. a part of your childhood. And uh, yeah. for me, I'm older than you, but I still feel like, it's, yeah, this is, I definitely remember the, the era of time in my life when that was. And yeah. I really appreciated the show. And it's, and it's still great. Heck yeah. Um, before we go too much further, I want to talk about, we just had a very delicious breakfast at mm-hmm. 4 and 20. Yes. Which, in case you're wondering, it's a reference to 4 and 20 Blackbirds. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you see the logo of it, you'll see it's you'll see the blackbirds. Otherwise, you're like four and twenty. What kind yeah. of breakfast place is this? Yeah, there well, could be marijuana in this. Right, pancakes. <laughs> there are not. Not as <laughs> far as I know. There's not. There's not. But we are laughing a lot after those pancakes. That's so maybe. true. <laughs> I'll tell you what. When I first asked you, I was like, "Where should we go for breakfast?" Because I like to. If you have yeah. a place you want to go to, uh, and I and you said, "I'm a steak and eggs kind of mm-hmm. guy." I thought. Is this my new best friend? Yes. Because I love yes. some steak and eggs. But then I betrayed you and ordered the pork chops and eggs. I, but you know what? Pork chop and eggs. It's is close, close, right? Yes. It's that's, close. I think okay. that's the next. Mm-hmm. The, 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 they're, they're, they're the two choices that I go for the most, probably. Yeah. Maybe corned beef hash and eggs also is one of those choices. But if I'm going for something hearty, you're going for the steak and eggs, mm-hmm. the pork mm-hmm. chop and eggs. The corned beef hash. Yeah. Um, no, I was influenced by YouTube. I saw a YouTube video of some lady making pork chops, and I was about to go out and get pork chops at, like, 3 in the morning. I was like, no, I can wait <laughs> four more hours. Like, breakfast is coming. So I'm glad I, I did. Same, I was up late last night, and I was like, McDonald's has breakfast all night, <laughs> which is a terrible thought to have in the middle of the night. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, so I had the uh, the the New York steak and eggs, uh, you know, over easy classic. I had hash browns, and they have some great blueberry muffins there. That's with some cinnamon butter. That's what I had. I've had it whoa, many whoa, times. Whoa, cinnamon butter? I thought that was regular butter. Oh no, it was cinnamon butter. Oh man! Oh, you'll have to try it next time. Oh, Jesus, it's okay. really good. It's it's whipped cinnamon butter. Yeah, I, I'm and there. It's exactly I, what it sounds like. I don't get excited over regular butter, but any flavored butters, cinnamon butter, apple butter. I'm with it. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. We have to go to – there's a place we went to a few episodes uh, – actually, we're going to go to in a future episode called The Hungry Fox, and they have apple butter there. Whoa. Uh, so more about The Hungry Fox in a few episodes, but can if you you're ima- into Can you imagine with- the look on a caveman's face if you showed him, like, apple butter? Like, his brain would explode. Like, yeah. this is too – it's fruit right. and dairy and – that's like – If they had had – created apple butter before fire that probably would have been known as the greatest instead of fire oh my god yeah apple butter no yeah we would not have you know engines or anything but we'd have delicious pastries now you said you did have the uh the steak and eggs what did you what what all came along with that um mine it was the pork chops and eggs had an over medium egg um country potatoes because they they have hash browns there yeah but that's like an insider tip. Always go for the country potatoes. You like the, the country potatoes? Mm-hmm. Interesting, because see, I like country potatoes. But if I'm getting a, a like a runny yolk egg, like a mm-hmm. like you did and I did, yeah. Um, what I like, I always like to get the hash browns because I feel like the yolk soaks into yeah, it more. They're a lot whereas more the, absorbent. Yeah. So, and that's what I'm into is like all of it kind of mixing in. Whereas with the country potatoes, I like them in some fashion, but sometimes I don't because it doesn't soak into them as much. But with the country fried potatoes, a lot of times they'll make, they'll put like bell peppers and that's onions true. inside yeah. of them. So that's like oh, an sure. extra. Oh, sure. I was well aware of what you are going to say. So it's a trade-off. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, do I want the absorbency of hash browns mm-hmm. or do I want the extra flavor? Absolutely. Yeah. So I made my choice today and 
Maybe I'll regret it later, but right now I'm really happy. Sometimes I sometimes I'll get the country potatoes and then I'll kind of mash it up, mm. you know, which it takes a little more effort mm. on my part. It burns three to four calories. Best of uh, my doctor says if I do that 500 times per day, <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be in much better shape. Heck yeah! But anyway, the uh, you had been to four and twenty before. Yeah, we I was both... really surprised. I thought you like either did your research or like you read my journal because. That was the place that we used to have breakfast um, almost every day before we'd go actually go to the Bernie Mac show set. I do have so, uh, private detectives that study into my guests. I knew it. And I, uh, I we had three choices, it. and that was slightly mm-hmm. above the other ones. My window was open last night, and I was like, I know I closed it. So there was ninjas, obviously, who came in, read my journal, which is all about breakfast places, obviously. <laughs> so... Uh, so. There are two of these. There's one on Laurel Canyon that I go to a lot of times. Uh, that's the one we went to today, actually. Yeah. The one is that Laurel the OG Canyon. one? Like, is that the original one, or is that the bootleg one? I'm and not I'm, really maybe sure. I'm missing out on the original. I mean, they're both they they both are decorated similarly. The one on uh, Van Nuys Boulevard was actually, if you watch Parks and Rec, yeah, it was where JJ's Waffles was. That was it was the other four and twenty. They just put JJ's Waffles signs in there. So really? so maybe it's the more famous one because it was on Parks uh-huh. and Rec, but I think the one that we went to was the OG one. It looks like it because the yeah. parking's a little more, it's a little tougher. There is parking on the side. There's parking on the street, but it's a little, it can be a little tricky with the parking there. But I got to say, I've been there a bunch of times. I've done writing there. I always like to talk about how it is a creative place. Mm-hmm. When I go there, I've I've done research there. I've done writing yeah. there. It's a place where you can hang out for a while. Yeah, they don't necessarily like... have, they don't have outlets to plug in, so you mm-hmm. want to come fully charged, but... Mm-hmm. As a creative place, it's 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 pretty good. Or a power bank. Like at this point in my life, I'm just like, if you don't have a power bank, like in your wallet or in your car, like you're messing up. Like you gotta you gotta come prepared. Sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So four and twenty. Uh, we like this place. Definitely. Uh, I'll definitely be back there. I'm sure we'll be oh, back yeah. there as well. Oh, yeah. Maybe next time I'll get the mm-hmm. home fries and you'll get the yep. hash browns. Yep. And for this plug, maybe they're gonna you know give us like a free side of fruit or something. Guaranteed one thousand dollars each. Oh man. Or, or, or nothing. One of the two. I, I only want country potatoes. <laughs> I would do it for the country potatoes. Definitely. So, another one of your big uh, projects was kind of right in the middle of okay. Bernie Mac Disney movie. Yeah. Brother Bear. Yeah. Where you played Coda, who's mm-hmm. the cub. Mm-hmm. You were one of the co the co star to Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. How was that? Did you get to do voiceover work with Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah, we were shooting um, Bernie Mac show at the same time because animation um, projects, especially like films, they'll take so long to shoot. So we started that project, um, I think it was like six months or um, right after we had done Bernie Mac show. And then it took like about four or five years. After season one? No, after, like the beginning of season one. We were like six months into the first season. Oh, wow. Um and then it took still four years to come out. So what we would do is like um, maybe every like every two weeks, um, Disney would send a car over to Bernie Mac show set, and I would hop in there and go directly over to the um, animation studio in Burbank and go and just do sessions. So that's how that whole kind of process came along. And about three times I did get to work with um, a lot of the other actors on the project. So Joaquin Phoenix, um, worked with Phil Collins, so many cool folks. You got to sing a – okay, so the soundtrack was written by Phil Collins. Yeah. And you got to sing a Phil Collins song. Yes. It was almost as a duet, right? Mm-hmm. You sang the first verse. That's I think like, you sang um, part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean – On My Way, is that the name yeah. of it? Yeah. 
look, at, you did your research. Man. Hey, I've those, seen that movie. Those ninjas are It good. was a very touching movie, and I think uh, underappreciated Disney movie from the time because, unlike a lot of the Disney movies, the it's it's I guess it would be. The monster is us, and we are the monster at the same time is yeah. kind of what the movie is about, right? Because it's about the relationship between hunters and bears. Yeah. And if you saw it from one perspective, it's one thing. If you saw it from the other perspective, perspective it's another thing. Mm-hmm. But when that's the case, there is no big, like, Ursula yeah. from the mm-hmm. villain. It's it's a little bit of both. You know, you can see both sides. I mean, there was so much that kind of went into it, man. Like, the... Um the use of Native American Native American culture in that movie as like kind of a backdrop to talk about these bears, which hold such a, a special significance in their culture, um, it was really fun to be a part of, man. Like for the fact that that was one of the last Disney projects that was hand drawn. Yeah, I mean, right after that was when. Um, they went through uh, kind of changing at the guards where a lot of the hand-drawn artists, if you weren't capable of, you know, working CGI, you were let go. So we had worked on that project with guys who had been there since, I mean, Snow White and, and you know, Little Mermaid and all those old Disney movies. So it's, it's a cool legacy to be a part of. Well, and you also, I believe, got to do some work with Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, yeah. From also Rest in Peace, Man. Michael Clark Duncan, Planet of the Apes. As a young as a young actor, um, the Green Mile, yeah, many great performances from him. As a young actor, um, being able to 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 see how these guys operate, like at those high level, at this high level of what they were doing, to you know, to see Phil Collins in the studio, to see Michael Clark Duncan, to see jo- Joaquin Phoenix, to see Bernie Mac, um, it's a it's an honor that, and it's a gift that I've been given that I would I wouldn't you know trade for the world. I am a big fan of Genesis. Yeah. Which Phil Collins was originally mm-hmm. the drummer of and then became the lead singer. Mm-hmm. I hope you don't destroy my dreams. I hope he was a cool guy to work with. He was way too, like he was way cooler than I expected cuz like I was I was young. I only knew Phil Collins from like Tarzan at that point. Yeah. But and he's like an older guy at this point. I thought he was going to be kind of stuffy. And he comes up and he's like, he slaps my hand, high five. He calls me a cool cat. I'm like, no, you're a cool cat. Like, I had never said that in my life. But now, like, that's part of my lexicon. You got to think, because... too, he was a drummer in a rock band. So he's got to be kind of cool. Yeah, right? but like I'm saying, I didn't know. Yeah, of you course. Know what I mean? I'm young, yeah. so. <laughs> Interesting. I, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, Low-key jealous you working with all these great st- I mean, that's such great training ground for mm-hmm. you. And congratulations on all of that, Michael Clark Duncan, Bernie Mac, Phil Collins, all before you're like 10 years old. I right. mean, come on. What more do you need, America? Right, right, yeah. I, that's why I always hold myself to a really high standard because the people I learned from, they held themselves to a really high standard. So, you know, I, I got to hit the, the top of the treetops, you know, and aim at the stars. Right. Well, you not only did that voiceover, you did several episodes of King of the Hill, which is another yeah. gr- groundbreaking Yeah, uh, so I got show. to work with Brittany Murphy on there. We, Tom Petty um, was still alive during that period. That was Brittany such a Murphy cool— Brittany Murphy and Tom Petty, yeah. also not with us. Exactly, exactly. So it's uh, it, a lot of legacy. And that project was so much fun, man. And Mike they, Judge. Mike yeah. Judge's show right after Beavis and Butthead, yeah. King of the Hill. And they were they still do like table reads. Everybody's in the room. And as as a kid watching these people make these voices that you're so like comfortable and know of, and to see them in person doing it, it was it's a blast. 
I'll tell you what, as a, as a person, I do a lot of co-stars and some guest stars. Yeah. I'll tell people, don't mess around at the table, Reed. If you're a co-star. <laughs> you mess around and don't perform up to the level. Yeah. You'll get fired at the table, Reed. Mm. Happens all the time. Oh, Lord. You know what I mean? You think you booked this great job. Yay. And then you're like, oh, we're just having fun at this table, Reed. You're fired. What? Uh-huh. It's never happened to me, but I have heard of it yeah. happening quite a bit. I mean. It's a brutal business. Group. It is. I mean, you know, it's a, we're kind of like gladiators for our individual um, networks or whatever uh, product that we're sponsoring. So you got to go out there and you got to get it right. You know, there's a lot of people who are working um, behind the scenes who are also putting in their time and love and sweat so that we can look good in the 15-second shot that we have. Absolutely. So it's like... So much that goes into it. Yeah. So it's like, nah, that grip just moved that light from all the way in the back, like, to here. It's like 80 pounds. Like, we need to get it right. So Absolutely. We have the least... (laughs) physically taxing yeah. part of the job. Mm-hmm. One of the more mentally tasking jobs, yeah. maybe. I, I mean, the trade-off is, like, we don't have to move around any cameras or lights, but, like, if we stutter or forget someone's name, like, we'll right. be on the news. But then again, I guess if I'm saying we have one of the more mentally taxing jobs, I mean, those the camera guys, the stuff they do is amazing yeah. and takes a lot of brain power. The sound guys as well. Oh, the sound like, guys. Or the guy, you know, that the sound guy who'll be like, oh, I heard the chair move in the background, like, amongst all of the stuff that he, sh- you know, is focusing on. It's That's, a team effort. And that, yeah, you're right. It's a completely collaborative process because mm-hmm. if one person doesn't quite do their job, mm-hmm. it's not quite, it could be okay, but it's not going to be as the best that it could be. I mean, look at how we were talking about the fact that there was a Starbucks cup in the Game of Thrones episode. Yes. It's like that was somebody's job and they messed up and we're always <laughs> going to talk about it, you know? like. And that, yeah, exactly. Just so, little uh, things like that mm-hmm. that people will notice yeah. later on and make a big deal out of. <laughs> yeah. What did you learn about acting and show business having success at such a young age? Any advantages, disadvantages to that, you think? Definitely an advantage. Um, you learn to to go in there and play your role, man. That's that's really important, to to just go in there and be happy that you even have a role. A lot of um, people who come into the business very late and or get successful very quickly don't realize that, you know, whatever your position is in this project, like, stick to it and make that part good. Don't have your eye out on, you know, the next thing. It's going to come when it comes. Just, Live in the moment. Yeah, just enjoy it, man. Like, we get to go to amazing um, events. We get to have once-in-a-lifetime experiences. So just enjoy that. Like, all of the other stuff, it'll come along if it does, if it's meant for you. But just ride it. I think that's great. I had struggle with that sometimes where you're working on something. You're like, okay, what's next? But yeah. you have to really do the job first yeah. and then move on to the next thing. I it's mean, tough to do because we're always thinking about different things if you're like me. Yeah, our job, I mean, is to be in that moment. Yep. You know, So if we're trying to focus on our career, we're doing ourselves a disservice. We should be focusing on our role. Where did you grow up? Pasadena, California. Ooh, Pasadena, um, California. Yes, Home sir. of the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. Home of the Hat. Yep. Famous pastrami. Yes, uh, Lucky Boys. Um, oh, Lucky Boy. That will be a breakfast place for sure at some point because mm-hmm. they have these giant breakfast burritos. Lucky Boys. I feel like it's about a pound of bacon. I don't know. Maybe it's not. It really is. It might be a half pound. I'm not sure, but. You know, they have two of them now, and then one of them's like the OG one, and I swear the salsa tastes different at the new one. I'm never sure which one is the old school one. The old school one's the one um, by the 110. 
down there on a Royal Parkway. It's okay. Like, that's the one I usually that's go to. That's the one. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's like one guy. He's. I think he must be the owner because he's there every single time I've ever gone there. And I've gone there since I was like a kid. Yeah. So at this point, he's like, all right, hey, breakfast burrito and a large lemonade. I'm like, you know it. What's the first time you remember acting where you thought, okay, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I want to do. Ooh, that's an interesting question, man. I um, I, I literally started in Pampers commercials. I've acted. Really? Yeah, dude. I've been acting forever, ever. Like, I don't remember a time in my life when I wasn't acting. So, like, for other people, I think they have that um, that moment of, like, this is what I want to do. I had a moment almost the opposite where I was like, man, this is all I've ever done. So I took a little break to kind of go see other stuff just yeah. to see if that was, That's you great. know, what if, what if I enjoyed something else? And here I am, you know, a few years later going, nope, acting's it. Wow. Like, I'm spoiled by craft service at this point. So. <laughs> Haven't we all been? Man. Okay, this has been... Really, really fun. Really informative. Thank you. For uh, thank you for coming in. I do have some more questions for you. Sure. In the future, uh huh, there will be a movie called mm-hmm. The Jeremy Suarez Story. Of course. Who will play you in the Jeremy Suarez Story? Ooh, that's a tough one. Cause I kind of want my film to be avant garde. So I think I'd have like a different celebrity play me in each scene. Oh, like, interesting. We would, we like would... in that Bob Dylan movie, I'm Not There, right? Mm-hmm. Where there was like five different Bob yeah. versions of Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. Okay. It wouldn't be like we'd make no excuses about it. We would never say anything. It'd just be in the next scene. Like I'm played by Lizzo. They're like, oh, I guess Jerry's <laughs> Lizzo in this scene. Okay. <laughs> the next one, it'd be Robert Downey Jr. because he's already played a black guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Tropic Thunder, great uh-huh, movie. Definitely. Um, oh, what's his name? Jordan. Um, Jordan. Um, Jordan Peele. No, not Jordan Peele. Uh, Michael B. Jordan. Oh, Michael B. Uh-huh. Jordan. He'd be me in a real dramatic scene. They'd be mm-hmm. like, "Oh, Jeremy was sexy in that scene." When Jeremy needs, to, yeah, <laughs> to cry and have six pack. That's <laughs> yeah. Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> definitely. Oh um, my goodness. Well, that's a great answer to that, and I believe all that that will. Uh, all of that will happen. It will. It will. So, Matter of time. If you would like to get more Breakfast content, such as mm-hmm. show promos, yep. TV and film appearances, and other public events, such as pics of Jeremy Suarez and I having breakfast at 4 and 20, mm-hmm. there are several places you can go. You can go to the Breakfast page on Instagram, mm-hmm. at Breakfast Podcast. You can go to my personal Instagram and Twitter accounts, at Scoops Pope. You can also go to my actor page on Facebook. This episode and all previous Breakfast shows are available on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and through my website, brentpope.com. If you enjoy the show, there's a new one every two weeks, so please subscribe, leave us reviews, give us likes, share it around, send us baked goods. Jeremy and I would both appreciate that. I'll share them with you if I get baked goods. Mm -hmm. So it's all appreciated. Jeremy Suarez, what is next for you? Uh, and where can we find you on social media? Um, I have a whole bunch of stuff um, in the works right now. Nothing I, I want to talk about quite yet. Ooh, um, secrets. But, I like yes, that. But when when the first reveal comes, it'll definitely be over some pancakes. Heck, and in yes. the meantime, you can find me. I'm on Instagram at Real Jeremy Suarez. That's R-E-A-L Jeremy Suarez. Um, and I'll be in your TV very soon. Nice. Well, Jeremy, so much fun getting to know you even better. Uh, having breakfast with you. Let's do this again real soon. I feel like our breakfast uh, clocks are in tune, and mm-hmm. we will definitely do that. Mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm there. If you call me, even if it's just for breakfast, if it's for brunch, lupper, I'm there. 
Lupper. Lupper. Let's make lupper a thing. That's that's I've been pretty trying, good. Trying, man. A lot of people they call it just a midday snack. I'm like, no, this is lupper. Lupper. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little bit like leper, but well, uh, <laughs> that may be what's holding it back. I just, yeah, I'm just saying. It's definitely the reference to gangrenous, you know. <laughs> and with that, that will put another scintillating episode of Breakfast into the old to-go bag. See you. Bye, guys.